Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 11 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. We are nearing the start of high school season. After last week's gross weather, it looks like we have temperate days ahead for the opening weekend games. On today's episode, we have some Nebraska soccer news and previews of the upcoming games of the week that were announced on Twitter. Most importantly, this episode contains the whole Class B preview for boys and girls soccer. I apologize in advance for my voice and the delay in the podcast episode. I am battling a little bit of a cold and some technical difficulties. We press on anyways. No interview this week, so let's get started with the episode. Before we get started with this week's episode, I want to thank the several individuals who have joined as supporters of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I want to say thank you to Matt Schill, Sammy Muberry, Chris Vengenovic, Jody Larson, Scott Allison, Scott Parrish-Moore, Michelle Carpenter, and a supporter who wished to remain anonymous. Thank you to all of this week's supporters and all of our supporters from the past. Supporters of Nebraska Soccer Talk receive early and exclusive content via email. To become a supporter of Nebraska Soccer Talk, you can become a patron at http colon slash slash www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk, or you can become a one-time supporter by supporting via our Venmo at Nebraska underscore talk. Both of those will be in our podcast notes. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast as well as interact with our social media. It's very important that our fans tag us in game and program updates. Before we get started, With the Class B preview, I am going to touch on some Nebraska soccer and recruiting news. The Nebraska soccer update and recruiting roundup is brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the most transparent, personable, and affordable U.S. college soccer recruiting service. Sports Recruiting USA has been advising and helping place student-athletes with college soccer programs since 2010. To learn more about Sports Recruiting USA, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. We're going to kick things off with some recruiting news. First, Melanie Davis from Mercy High has signed with Midland University. Davis scored nine goals and tallied one assist last year for Mercy and is the Monarchs' leading returning goal scorer. Davis plays club soccer for Bellevue Soccer Club. Colton Costello from Lewis Central High School over in Council Bluffs has signed with Midland University. Costello scored 18 goals and tallied 11 assists last season for Lewis Central. Costello plays his club soccer for NFC. Naya Kirchner from Millard West High School is joining Concordia University. Kirchner is the captain of the Young Wildcats and a returning All-State player. Kirchner plays her club soccer for Majestic 402. McKenna Miller from Elkhorn South High School is joining University of Illinois Springfield. Miller is a goalkeeper for Elkhorn South, and she also plays her club soccer for Evolution Soccer Club. University of Illinois Springfield is a Division II soccer program. The biggest commitment news of the week sees Jillian Lane committing her future to South Dakota State University. Lane is a midfielder who competes for both Sporting Nebraska and Lincoln Southwest. South Dakota State were the Summit League champions last season and have maintained a strong Nebraska connection in their recruiting. Last season's team featured eight Nebraskans, and their head coach, Brock Thompson, is a Blair native. Moving over to professional news, Omaha native, Ralston alum, Creighton alum, and Gretna Elite Academy alum, Diego Gutierrez, 
made his full professional debut for the Portland Timbers in an MLS game. Gutierrez came on in the 86th minute of the Timbers' 1-0 victory of Austin. Locally, Union Omaha have signed defender Alex Touche. Touche has Division I collegiate experience, USL 2 experience, and USL championship experience. Touche was a standout player at Penn University. Back to amateur news. The Sporting Nebraska UWS team has announced a, a host of new roster additions. On the player side, Sporting welcomes Mackenzie Short, Dulce Lopez, Olivia Van Bell, and Maureen Tully. Short spent a couple of seasons at Nebraska before transferring to Oklahoma. Lopez spent several seasons at Missouri, Missouri State before transferring home to Hastings. Van Bell competes for Division II side Rockhurst University. And Tolly is one of the Nebraskans that competes for South Dakota State University. This Nebraska soccer update and recruiting roundup was brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the most transparent, personable, and affordable U.S. college soccer recruiting service. Sports Recruiting USA has been advising and helping place student-athletes with college soccer programs since 2010. To learn more about Sports Recruiting USA, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. This week's mega-huge Class B preview is brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet Sports is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals from people who are on their feet at work, to those who go on leisurely walks, to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln. For more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. We start the Class B preview on the boys' side, and we have to start in an obvious place, right? It's with Omaha Scut Boys Soccer. The Skyhawks put together a magical season last year with their only loss coming to Lincoln Southwest in the regular season. The Skyhawks surely would have competed for the Class A title as well last year. This year may prove to be a little bit more interesting. Losing around half of their varsity roster, the Skyhawks will need the next round of players to step up. There is talent there, including a strong junior class with standouts still in top, Aiden Trum, Sam Shent, and Will Tobobbin. I predict the Skyhawks make another trip to Morrison, obviously, but might find their path to a third consecutive state championship a little tougher than this year than last. We will stay in the River Cities Conference and round up the rest of their schools before moving on. Next up, Omaha Gross Catholic. The Cougars scored wins over Waverly, Nebraska City, Concordia, and Plattsmouth en route to a 4-12 record. They graduate four seniors off of last year's roster, including honorable mention players Trey Kruger and Aaron Correa. While they graduate some of their defensive pieces, the Cougars return all of their goalkeeping and their top five in points, including standout attacker Andrew McNamara. I expect the Gross Catholic Cougars to finish better than their four-win season from last year. Next up, we check in on Mount Michael Benedictine. The Knights had a solid year, going to state and finishing 12-6 and overall with wins over Bennington, SCOTUS, and South Sioux City. First, the bad news. Mount Michael graduated around half their varsity roster, and a lot of their points from last season, as well as their senior goalkeeper. The good news, they return point and goal leader Harper Held, as well as fellow all-conference player Ryan Stumpf. Mount Michael kick off a ridiculous opening schedule that contains Omaha South, Creighton Prep, Scott Catholic, Bennington, Elkhorn North, and Beatrice in their first seven games. I'm not sure on the young talent Mike Michael might have, so I'm going to wait and see on these guys. The Omaha Run Collie Crimson Pride finished 6-10 last spring, they didn't really have any notable wins and were on the wrong end of some lopsided losses at the hands of state tournament teams. They graduated about a half a dozen seniors, including some honorable mention players. 
They do return captain and honorable mention player Jean Belizere and honorable mention Nick Kenny. The Crimson Pride didn't have stats on max preps from last season. I expect Ron Colley to finish in a similar place as last year with their matchups in the playoffs at the end of the year helping dictate a possible finish. The South City boys team finished 10-9 and last season and still earned a trip to the state tournament. The Cardinals were probably the toughest team for me and Chase to figure out last season. I have to give them major props to their coaching staff, their team, and their program as a whole because they take on a challenging schedule every single year. This year is no exception. The Cardinals have Class A, Omaha South, Creighton Prep, and Millard West on the schedule, as well as Scott, Lexington, and Mount Michael. There isn't a lot of roster or stat information available for South Sioux, but I imagine that despite their record, they will be someone to reckon with in Class B again this season. Moving over to the EMC schools, we start with Bennington. Bennington's rise started last year when they finished 17-4, going all the way to the state semifinals. They graduate six seniors, but return a host of talented players, including all-state first-teamers Oliver Benson and Kai Olbrick. Benson and Olbrick combined for 37 goals and 24 assists last season. I wouldn't say that Bennington starts off with the most challenging schedule, but I definitely have the April 7th game versus Elkhorn North circle as a game to watch. I expect Bennington to join the likes of Lexington and Scutt as serious contenders for the state title. Waverly Boys Soccer finished 11-7 last season with quality wins over Crete and Beatrice. They graduate eight seniors, including two honorable mention players from last year's team, but they return three of their top four in points, including honorable mention Johnny Martin. They also return their goalkeeper from last season. I expect to see Waverly in the mix similar to last year, and I think they can be grouped in with Roncalli in the way that how they perform at the end of the year in playoffs, when it counts, against one of the top teams, will be the ultimate determination on if they can make that jump to state. Elkhorn Boys Soccer finished 3-14 last season with wins over Plattsmouth, Lewis Central, and Elkhorn North. The Antlers graduate 10 from last year's team, and their goal scoring kind of came from a handful of different individuals. Elkhorn starts off with a reasonably challenging schedule that contains both Pius and Bennington before they meet Elkhorn North in the rivalry game on Saturday, April 2nd. The Antlers don't have any one standout player, and will have to come together as a team to make strides in um, their record from their three-win season last year. Blair Soccer finished 10-7 and last season with a quality win over Waverly. The Bears graduated six from last year's roster, including Dynamo Gabe Zurich. Blair also loses second-leading goal scorer Victor Defa. They do return their third in points, Kip Tupa, as well as honorable mention player Zyler Wyman. Mark Donna returns in goal. I see Blair taking a couple steps backward, maybe closer to the 500 mark, depending on their matchups we, they see in the EMC and district tournaments. I just think it's going to be too much to replace the goal scoring they lost from last season. Elkhorn Noel... Elkhorn North Wolves finished 6-9 and nine last season, but just like their girls' program, I expect the boys to make a big jump. Because of the new pro- program and new school, the Wolves return everyone, including All-State striker Logan Hannigan, honorable mention midfielders Michael Grigsby and John Dosher, and Flagler commit center back Jack Vaught. The Wolves essentially have solid players up and down the team, and I expect them to not only finish above 500, but to go to the state tournament. They join their girls' program with lofty expectations from us at Nebraska Soccer Talk. I think a good measuring stick game for the Wolves will be their April 7th clash against Bennington, which I had already mentioned earlier. Bennington beat them handily last year, so it'll be interesting to see what progress has been made. The last EMC team we have to talk about are the Norris Titans. The Titans finished 9-7 and and didn't quite make the same splash in Class B boys soccer as their girls program did in Class B girls soccer, but they still had a solid year. Norris graduates five from last year's team, but they do return point leaders Tate Crawford and Alejandro Nelson, as well as goalkeeper Gabe Schroeder. 
The Titans face early second week tests against Bennington and Lincoln Pius. Expect Norris to finish in a similar spot as last season, but they may finish with a few more wins, and that may be good enough to put them in a spot better place heading into the end of season playoffs. We start off our coverage of the Trailblazer Conference with one of last year's truly inspirational stories. I know we've talked about them a lot last season, but I'm not going to stop talking about them just because that season's passed. After finishing a dismal 2-12 in 2019 and losing 2020 to COVID, the Beatrice Orangemen put up a 12-4 regular season record falling just short of the state tournament. The Orangemen graduate over half their varsity roster, though, including their top three in points and their goalkeeper. Their only non-senior with more than one goal last season was freshman Selvin Acosta-Flores. I don't imagine Beatrice equaling the record they put out last year, but my hope is that last year spurred on the program to continue to put together some good things for the future. I don't see them as a state tournament team this season, though. The Platt Boys Soccer is a combination of a Platteview team that finished 12-7 last year and a Platt Smith team that finished 0-15 last year. Defender Dominic Cobbs and goalkeeper Aiden Reha return as honorable mention players from Platteview. The Platt may have experience returning in defense, but they're going to have to find a way to replace the goals from Cargiles and Allstate Jackson Fluky. I have no idea where to predict the Platt and their finish this year. They combined one of the worst teams in Class B with a top 10 team in Class B. There are a lot of graduates from the Platteview team that were a top 10 team last season, so I don't expect to see the Platt in the state tournament this year. I do like the concept of more of these teams combining because I think long-term it'll make these teams and programs more consistently competitive. I know that's not maybe a uh, opinion shared amongst uh, maybe even soccer people and definitely not amongst the state when it comes to other sports, but that's how I feel about things. Nebraska City finished 8-8 last season. They earned a regular season double over Platteview before falling to the Trojans in the district tournament. They graduate six seniors from last year's team, but return honorable mention goalkeeper Micah Ruiz. Ruiz helped the Pioneers keep six of their eight wins as shutouts while also racking up nearly 200 saves on the year. I expect Nebraska City to finish around the 500 mark again this season, but they could finish even better if they can reverse some of their close losses from last season. The Ralston Rams finished 10-9 and last season with good wins over Mount Michael and Platteview. Ralston returns two of their three-point leaders and honorable mention players Gail Ibarra and Jose Diaz. They also return honorable mention midfielder Cesar Serna and goalkeeper Baltazar Hernandez. I think Ralston could potentially be in the mix for a berth to the state tournament. They were competitive in every single one of their losses except against Scott, and they only graduated five seniors. I do expect them to finish better than 10-9 and nine this season, and they are on our watch list for the top 10. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll return with teams from the Centennial and Central Conferences. Welcome back to the Class B Boys Soccer Preview segment. We lead off after the break with the schools from the Centennial Conference. We start off with the Columbus Scotus Shamrocks. Scotus finished 12-7 and last year and a birth, with a berth to the state tournament. Scotus's schedule was a weird mix of not very challenging teams and then very challenging teams. They played a fairly difficult schedule that included Millard South, Burke, Gretna, Mount Michaels, Scott, and Northwest. Scotus was also fairly young last year, only graduating two seniors off of last year's team, and they returned All-State forwards Frank Farringer and Chance Bailey. The dynamic duo combined for 29 goals and 11 assists last season. They are joined by honorable mention goalkeeper Josh Bixenon and defender Trenton Sialoka. Jose Cruz also joins as an All-State forward transfer from Skyler. I definitely think a return to Morrison is on the cards for SCOTUS this year, and I would not be surprised to see them fighting for the title at the end of the year. Concordia Boys Soccer finished 2-11 last season with wins over Lincoln Lutheran and Seward. 
They graduated six seniors from last year's team, including leading goal scorer Malachi Wenger. While the Mustangs were relatively young and returned impact players Christian Peranto and Evan Sheneman, I don't view them as a re- I don't view them as a relevant team in the state tournament conversation. But I am sure they are hoping to make strides off of last year's two-win season. Carney Catholic finished ten and four last season with their best win coming over state tournament team Northwest. The Stars started off really well at 8-0, but finished with a streak of 2-4, including two big losses to Lexington. Carney Catholic graduated about eight players off of last year's team, but they do return high-performer Jordy Solares in the attack. Carney Catholic was a top-half team last year, and I see them staying as a top-half team. I'm just not convinced that they will have enough to push themselves into the state tournament this year. Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Central Boys Soccer finished a disappointing 1-12 last season with their lone win coming over a winless Seward team. LLRC only graduates four off of last year's team, and they return all of their goals and assists. I don't view LLRC as a, as a relevant team in the state tournament conversation, but again, they're another team that could expect to have more than one win um, this season. Leaving the Centennial Conference, we head over to the Central Conference where we start in an obvious place, the Lexington Minutemen. Last season, the Minutemen made a run to the state final, losing only two games all season. Both losses came to Scott. While the Minutemen graduated two iconic players in Yaskar Galvin and Junior Casilius, they are not without talent remaining. All state defenders Ernesto Vargas and Alex Cruz returned to anchor the back line, while honorable mention attackers Diego Martinez, Miguel Ramundo, Freddie Vargas, and Alex Perez all returned to share in the goal scoring duties. This is still a very exciting and talented team, and I fully expect them to not just make state, but also get to the title game. It may not be as easy as it was last year, but the Minutemen are certainly capable of running it back again, and maybe this time winning it all. I actually said this on The Real Football Show, that while I do have Scut ranked number one, I wouldn't be surprised if the Minutemen walk out of this season as state champions. The Seward Blue Jays finished 0-15 last season, getting outscored 90-2. There was no roster or stats on Max Preps, and nothing indicates that the Seward Boys soccer team will be a competitive factor in many of their games this season. Seward Boys soccer will be looking for their first win since April 23, 2019. The Blue Jays are 1-28 in their last two seasons. Out of Grand Island, the Northwest Vikings went 13-4 last season, pushing their way to state before falling to a talented Bennington side. Because they are out in Grand Island, and maybe not as dynamic and as exciting as Lexington or some of the Class B teams closer to the Metro, I don't think Northwest gets the appreciation they deserve. I think they're very underrated at times. They have been together, or they have been putting together a good program, and I think it continues this year. Leading goal scorer Parker Janke is gone, but much of the rest of the Vikings' attack returns, most notably midfielder Najib Ortiz. They also return starting goalkeeper Zeke Koenig, who helped Northwest keep 10 shutouts last season. Even without Janke, I expect Northwest to return to Morrison. Holdridge Boys Soccer finished 1-11 last year with the lone win coming over winless Gehring. Holdridge graduated about one-third of their roster last season, including their starting goalkeeper and leading goal scorer. The Dusters don't return anyone of note, and I don't expect them to be much different than they were last season. Skyler High School Boys Soccer finished 11-8 last season with good wins over Beatrice and Crete. The stats for the Warriors were not updated on max preps, but I can tell you that they are going to look a lot different from last year. All-State forward Jose Cruz is now at SCOTUS. And the only honorable mention player returning for Skyler is Eduardo Carrasco. Skyler has been pretty consistently good the last few years, but they don't necessarily have the hardest schedule at times. They will be a team for us to keep an eye on, but I don't see them as a top 10 team right now. The Lakeview Vikings out of Columbus finished 3-12 last season with two of their wins coming over winless Seward. 
Lakeview was relatively young last season, and they only graduated four players. They returned a majority of their goals as well as their goalkeeper. And while I don't expect Lakeview to make strides to make them relevant in the state tournament conversation, they should be able to improve on their 3-12 and record from last season. Aurora High School boys soccer finished 10-8 and last season, which included wins over Skyler, Crete, and Class A North Platte. Jacob Penner, Jamison Herzberg, and Eli Warnke were all honorable mention graduates of Aurora last year. With no roster or stats from last year, it is virtually impossible for me to predict how the Huskies will finish this next year. I don't expect them to equal the results from last year, though, but they will be in the mix in some capacity. The York Dukes finished 7-10 last overall last season with good wins over Northwest. Unfortunately, the Dukes lost to the Vikings when it mattered at most at the end of the season. York is another team without rosters or stats from last year, but if past seasons are to be means of prediction, I expect another similar season from last year for the York Dukes. The Crete boys team finished 9-9 last season, with their most notable wins coming near the end of the season, especially over the Beatrice Orangemen. Point leader and All-State performer junior Rafael Tercero returns for the Cardinals, along with captains midfielder Travis Sweeney, defender Giovanna Castaneda, and defender Yahir Villa. Honorable mention players Edwin Tercero and Christopher Dominguez also returned for Crete. Overall, the Crete Cardinals only graduated six seniors, and they also returned their goalkeeper. I actually expect Crete to take a step forward and finish with at least a winning record this season, and they are grouped in with those teams from earlier. The same teams that will depend on the end of the season matchups to determine if they can earn a spot at state, but they certainly have the talent to do so. We're going to take a quick break and then come back and finish previewing the last six teams in Class B boys soccer. And we are back for the home stretch of the mega huge Class B preview boys edition. We will still have six boys teams left to preview, so let's jump into it and then roll on to the Class B girls and game of the week previews. Scott's Bluff boys finished 10 and 6 last season with maybe their most notable wins coming against Kearney Catholic. Half of the Bearcats roster departs through graduation. Aaron Schaff and Kate Huck, two big contributors in the attack for the Bearcats, do return. This will be both of their final years with the Bearcats soccer program. The Bearcats do not return their goalkeeper or any of their honorable mention players from last season. It's always hard to say how good Scott's Bluff is going to be because they play 25% of their schedule against Wyoming teams, and those Wyoming teams aren't always the strongest, uh, having lived in the state and knowing the landscape of those teams. And the rest against some of the weaker and the rest of their schedule comes against some of the weaker teams in the West. I do expect another winning season from them. Lutheran and Norfolk Catholic High School co-op team finished 2-6 and six last season with wins coming over Hastings and Concordia. The roster only contained 13 players, so I'm not I'm sure that is why they only played in eight games. The good news for Norfolk uh, Luther Norfolk Catholic is none of those 13 players graduated. Madison Boys Soccer finished seven and three with their best wins coming over Columbus Lakeview. About one third of the Dragons varsity roster departs through graduation, including standouts Eli Tay and Kevin Artiles. With a small roster and not a full schedule, I don't expect the Madison Dragons to be a part of any state tournament conversation this year. Garing Boys Soccer finished winless at 0-12 last spring. They only graduated a couple seniors, so they are going to hope to record their first win since April 13, 2019. Hastings Boys Soccer finished 1-12 last spring. Their lone win came over Class A North Platte. They graduated 11 seniors from last year's team, including their two point leaders and their two senior goalkeepers. I don't expect Hastings to be relevant in the state tournament conversation, but hopefully they can improve on last spring's one-win season. Last but not least, Conestoga Boys Soccer finished 7-6 last spring with good wins over York and Ralston. The Cougars graduate about one-third of their roster from last season. They do return their two point leaders in Bryson Berg and Wyatt Renner, 
and their goalkeeping. Depending on if the Cougars have some younger players who can step up and fill the gaps of graduation, I expect the Cougars to finish at or near where they finished this past year. Quick break, then we're going to take a step away from the Class B games to preview our three games of the week, and then we will dive into the girls' Class B preview. In celebration of the start of the high school season, I'm going to be covering three high school games in person next week for our Games of the Week segment. On Thursday, I'm heading to Omaha Central to catch the boys game between Omaha Central and our number three team in the rankings, Creighton Prep. I think some heads were turned when this game was an option for Game of the Week, but let me paint in the storyline I see heading into this game. Creighton Prep is going to want to prove that they deserve to be ranked higher and that they prove that they deserve the number three ranking. Omaha Central will need to compete hard if they wish to show that they belong. On Friday, I am staying in Omaha but heading over to Westside to see an exciting clash between classes. Class A contender Westside hosts Class B contender Lexington. The two choices for this game of the week were Westside versus Lexington or Scott versus Gretna. And to be honest, either of these would have been a good choice. I'll be able to catch both Scott and Gretna later this season as they are both based in the Metro but the chances to see Lexington will be few and far between, so I am glad that I am catching them early. Chase watched Westside play Scud at the beginning of last year, but I have not had a chance to see the boys play in person. I expect a good game from both teams. Finally, on Saturday, I am heading out of Omaha proper to see a matchup of two of the best girls teams in the state. Number 1 Class A Gretna hosts number 1 Class B Scud. Fans who were following high school soccer last year would have really liked to have seen this matchup, but we do get it this year, and I still expect it to be awesome. Between these two teams, there will be a plethora of talent. Credit to both teams for finding a way to get to, to get each other on their schedules and really challenge themselves. Overall, it'll be a great weekend of soccer. Make sure to tag Nebraska Soccer Talk in game updates. Every week, I will set up one to two games that will serve as the game of the week. My goal is to try and see as many teams, boys and girls, as possible. Now, back to the Class B preview. We are going to start the girls' preview with the River Cities Conference teams. As a reminder, this Class B preview is brought to you by Fleet Feet. We start in an obvious place with last year's state champion, Scott Catholic High School. Scott finished 20-1 last season with their lone loss coming at the hands of Class A North Platte. Since 2007, Scott has appeared in 11 state finals, winning 7. They don't rebuild, they reload. They will have to replace their three-point leaders who they lost through graduation. They do return Omaha commit Brina Whitaker, as well as honorable mention players Tess Behrens, Lakin Apple, and Caroline Dobb. They also welcome in transfer Elizabeth Rosenthal from Mercy. Scott's primary tests will come from Class A and out-of-state, as they have Gretna, Millard West, and Iowa's Lewis Central and Abraham Lincoln on the schedule. Scott are heavy favorites to win another Class B state championship. We stay in Omaha as we look at Omaha Duchenne. Duchenne had a great year last year, going 16-4 and making the state tournament semifinals. Unfortunately, they had to watch All-State Jessica Kozel and Madison Smith depart to graduation, along with all Metro honorable mentions, Jaina Petty, Maggie Dowd, Emma Earhart, Sophia Bersani. That is a lot to lose, but they do return a dynamic attacking player in June Mullen. Mullen is a fantastic young player and definitely one to keep an eye on as she moves forward uh, through the ranks. Duchenne will have a hard time repeating their record from last year, though. Omaha Gross finished 8-8 last season, and while they didn't make state, they did record two big wins over Ron Colley Catholic. Unfortunately, they also are hit by graduation as their goal scorer, Sydney Heron, and goalkeeper Alexis Townsend both departed to the college ranks, and honorable mentions Elena Simpson and Alexis and Bridget 
Nathalfer also graduated. Honorable mention, Lauren Sturr returns as a sophomore, and she will be another young player to watch. Omaha Mercy finished 14-6 and en route to a state tournament berth. Mercy graduated a ton, and they also lost their leading goal scorer, Elizabeth Rosenthal, who transferred to Scott for her senior year. They do return key players, Mel Davis, Kaylee Epp, and goalkeeper Zoe Sizemore. I think it will be hard for Mercy to repeat their record and performances of last year, as they will need to fill the goal-scoring presence left by Rosenthal's transfer, but I'm not ready to write them off quite yet. Ron Colley Catholic finished with a 10-8 record last season in a year that saw them score over 90 goals, but also concede 52. The Pride made it to the first round of the state tournament, but they also lost their iconic goal scorer and current Husker standout Abby Schwartz to graduation. But they do return a good chunk of the goal scoring, including Morgan Mancuso, Lauren Schwerz, and Mia Stoffel. I think the Pride will make a good push to return to Morrison, but they will have to try and shore up their defense a little bit more compared to last season because they won't have the goal-scoring power of Abby Schwartz to bail them out in some games. We leave the Omaha Metro area and go north for the final RCC team. South Sioux City finished 2-13 last season with neither win being a win of note. Unfortunately, the Cardinals were used as a little bit of a punching bag for the rest of the RCC the Cardinals were relatively young last year, so there may be a chance for improvement as their younger players grow, but I don't think there will be enough growth for them to be a factor in the state tournament discussion. Now that we have wrapped up the River Cities Conference, we head to the Central Conference. Starting in an obvious spot, we head out to Lexington. The Minute Maids finished 14-5 and last year and headed to the state tournament. The Lexington boys got a lot of publicity last year, but the girls also had a really good season, and the video of them clinching their birth to state was really cool to see on social media, just the joy um, that was had from that moment. Uh, Lexington returns their leading goal scorers, Sitali Prado and Valeria Perez. Honorable mention, Venus Sanchez also returns. Lexington did, however, graduate their super state goalkeeper, Alyssa Winter. If they have their goalkeeping situation sorted out, they could make a repeat appearance back at Morrison. Skyler girls finished winless 0-14 last season. Skyler only graduate five players, but they don't return any players of note. There was, a, there was not a lot of information out there about the Warriors, and I don't see them being a factor in their conference or at the state level. York girls soccer finished 1-13 last season with their lone win coming over winless Skyler. York only graduates four players and returns honorable mention players Heaven Hoyt and Leah Davis. York should be more competitive this year, but not enough to make the difference in the conference or state. Aurora Girls Soccer finished 10-7 last season and had a good showing overall. Their best regular season win came over Kearney Catholic. Unfortunately, Catholic repaid the, flavor, the favor, defeating the Huskies in the playoffs at the end of the year. Aurora returns their leading goal scorers, Ellie Hutzel and Delaney Naktigal. Hutzel netted 18 goals last season. They also returned goalkeeper Lexi Jones. I expect the Huskies to make, a, make themselves competitive in their conference again, and their path to state will depend on the matchups that they see in the playoffs at the end of the year and what type of form they are in during those matchups. Lakeview Girls Soccer finished 9-7 and seven last season and were a top one-third team in Class B last season. But unfortunately, they were the third best team to come out of Columbus last spring behind SCOTUS and Class A Columbus High. They graduate seven seniors, including two of their three leading scorers from last season. I believe the Columbus schools open up with the Columbus Triangular Tournament, so we'll have a good idea to see how Lakeview has progressed with the results of the opening weekend. Creek Girls Soccer finished 3-11 last season with wins over Seward, Skyler, and York. Caitlin Went, who scored 9 goals and tallied an assist for 19 points, returns for her senior season at Crete. Crete suffered some big losses to the top teams in Class B and will hope to lessen those this season. 
The Holdridge Dusters finished 2-11 last season. No stats or roster were available for the Holdridge team on max preps. The Northwest Vikings out of Grand Island finished last season with a 10-8 record and finished in the middle third of Class B teams. They had solid wins over Columbus Lakeview and Kearney Catholic, though Catholic returned the favor in the playoffs at the end of the year. They lose big-time goal scorer Riley Eshelman to graduation, but return honorable mention players Lexi Lewenthal and Maddie Ahrens. They also return their goalkeeper, Macy Bosard. Similar to Aurora, I expect the Huskies to be competitive within their conference again, but the path to state will depend on the matchups they see in the playoffs at the end of the year and the form that they are in. The last team from the Central Conference, the Seward Blue Jays. The Blue Jays finished 5-12 last season with two of those wins coming over winless Skyler. They do return their three-point leaders as well as their goalkeeper. Seward may make some strides, but not enough to make a significant change in the noise that they make in their conference or in state. We are going to take a quick commercial break and then come back with previews of the trail teams from the Trailblazer Conference and the Eastern Midlands Conference. First up, teams from the Trailblazer Conference, and we start off with the Ralston Rams. The Rams finished 11-7 and and were boomer bust in many of their games, winning big or losing big. The Rams lose a lot of their point production with the graduation of Natalie and Carmen Dudley. Those two combined for a total of 33 goals and 19 assists, about half of Ralston's total output. Ralston faces several early tests, including Duchenne and Bennington, in their first two weeks of the season. Beatrice finished 6-9 with their notable win coming over Conestoga near the end of the season. Beatrice graduated quite a few of their key players, including leading goal scorer Abby Ware. Beatrice faces an incredibly tough schedule early with games against Norris, Lincoln Lutheran, and Waverly in the first 11 days of the season. They lost handily to these teams last fall or last spring, so it will be interesting to see what strides they have made in the offseason. Platteview finished 7-8 and eight last season, and while they didn't have any big wins, they pushed state tournaments re- teams Ron Colley and Mercy to their limit in one-goal losses. The Trojans are going to return their leading goal scorer, speedster Emma Middleton, but they graduate key places Mia Lauffer and Ashley Stellick. Platteview, like several other teams, may see their season rely on their playoff matchups at the end of the season to know if they have a realistic path to state. Nebraska City Girls Soccer finished 1-10 last season with their lone win coming in their first game of the season versus Crete. The Pioneers graduated a quarter of their varsity roster and only and only scored three goals last season. Fortunately for them, all three of their goal scorers return. Final team out of the Trailblazer Conference, Plattsmouth. Because unlike in the boys, Plattsmouth and Platteview, I believe girls are separate. The Blue Devils finished 6-12, and 12, but were on the wrong end of a lot of lopsided losses. Plattsmouth only graduated four players, and they return a lot of their points, including Ireland Todd, who returns for her sophomore year after scoring 11 goals last season as a freshman. Plattsmouth will want to find a way to try and close the gap against Conference and Class B opponents. Heading north, we check in on the Eastern Midlands Conference. One of the more competitive top-to-bottom conferences in the state, we start with the state runner-ups from last season, Norris. The Norris Titans were one of the great stories of last season, going 20-1, and narrowly falling, falling to Scott Catholic 2-1 in the state final, their only loss of the season. Grace Dowding, Hannah Schroeder, and Molly Ramsey all depart through graduation, but the Titans still return standouts Reese Borer, Claire Macklin, Kennedy Sullivan, and goalkeeper Isabella Kester. With their young players returning and a couple other young players coming up through the ranks, I believe Norris presents the best option at dethroning the Scud Skyhawks. The Bennington Badgers finished last spring with a 9-8 record. I feel bad for the Badgers because they were set to have a really strong team, maybe their best team in recent history, the year of 2020, and that was taken from us by COVID. So we lost that team. The good news for the Badgers, they returned nearly all of their goals from last season, including Mia Hurt, 
who broke the 50-plus point mark last season en route to individual awards. Bennington also returns honorable mention Carson Backlund and Avon Cornett, as well as assist leader Taylor McFalls, second-leading goal scorer Avery Bass, and goalkeeper Linnea Larson. I expect the batters to be in the mix for a trip to Morrison this year and probably should have ranked them higher than I did during the Real Football Show and in our Nebraska Soccer Talk rankings. The Blair Bears finished last spring with a 10-7 record, but might, it might have been a season of what could have been as the Bears lost Kara Chaffee to a season-ending ACL injury and proceeded to lose their final three matches. Chaffee, who scored 20 goals and 10 assists, will not return for the Bears this year as she is continuing to focus on her recovery and her college soccer recruiting process, and she has accepted a different soccer role outside of high school soccer. The good news for the Bears is that they return a lot of Chaffee's surrounding talent as well as their goalkeeper. A winning record is definitely still doable for the Bears, but I think a trip to state will just be beyond their reach. Waverly Girls Soccer finished 8-7 last season with a notable overtime win over Bennington. Waverly's stats weren't fully updated on max preps, but I can tell you that they graduate just under half of their varsity roster, including standouts Leo Rasmussen, Maddie Dutton, and Tara Tenefer. It will be up to the young players who did get varsity experience to step up for Waverly. They don't have an overly difficult schedule, so I do expect them to finish at or near where they finished last year record-wise. Over to Elkhorn for our last two teams, Elkhorn High and Elkhorn North. First up, the Elkhorn Antlers. Elkhorn finished 7-9 overall, and they're going to have to find a way to replace former standout and current SDSU Jackrabbit Hannah King. If last season's statistics are any indication, the goal-scoring burden will fall to Maddie Flynn. Last year, we gave the Antlers a chance for a run to state because of King and other talent surrounding her, but I think the road is a lot harder for Elkhorn this season. They have a wildly tough stretch the second week of the season with Scotus, Bennington, and Norris on the schedule in a six-day time span. The Elkhorn North Wolves finished 7-11 in their first year in existence as a program. Most notably for them, they scored the first victory in the Elkhorn rivalry. Here's where things get interesting and why Elkhorn North, similar to their boys, is interesting to me as a team. Because of their status, they return absolutely everyone, including standouts Morgan Going, Michaela Fox, Shay Haida, Kaylee Marshall, and Ava Spies. Exciting times for the Wolves. I like their chances for their first trip to state. Saturday, April 2nd at 12 p.m. is the date and time for the Elkhorn Derby. We are going to take one final quick break. When we come back, we will take a look at teams from the Centennial Conference as well as the rest of the remaining teams from Class B Girls Soccer. And we are back for the final piece of our Class B Girls Soccer Preview. We have 10 more teams left to go, and we are going to start with the teams from the Centennial Conference. First up, Columbus Scotus. The Shamrocks finished 13-5 last season and earned themselves a berth to the state tournament. The Shamrocks only graduated a handful of players and returned one of the state's leading goal scorers in Libby Brzezinski. Brzezinski tallied 30 goals and 8 assists. The Shamrocks also returned goalkeeper Faith Weber and have some younger players coming up into the high school ranks to watch. We circled Norris as one of the top Class B teams this year, but I expect Scotus to be up there too and headed to Morrison again. Next, we check in on the team that knocked Scotus out of the state tournament, Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Central. Lincoln LLRC finished 13-4 and and made it to the semifinals of the state tournament. LLRC returns their three leading goal scorers, led by Sierra Springer, and they also return key player Haley Chambers. You'll have to figure out what they're going to do in the goalkeeper department with the uh, graduation of Addie Ernstmeyer. They also lost Lauren Stoll to graduation. 
Even with some key departures, I think LLRC returns enough of their young talent and goals to be considered one of the top teams in Class B, up there with Scotus and Norris. Out of Kearney, we check in on Kearney Catholic. Kearney Catholic finished 8-9 last season and were district runners-up in their district. They were a middle third team in the state. The Stars probably dropped a few games last year that they wish they could have back, but the good news for them is they will get the chance to run it back with a lot of the returning talent from last season. The Stars only watched four players graduate, and they returned their top two goal scorers, Claire Kluth and Regan Potter, as well as goalkeeper Solana Burbal, and honorable mention Jenna Cruz. Brianna Sir returns in the midfield. The Stars will hope to take the next step, and their road to state will depend on the playoff matchups at the end of the year. The last Centennial team we take a look at is Omaha Concordia. Concordia went 6-10 last year, and while they graduated their leading scorer, they returned honorable mention standouts Elise Seacrest, Briley George, and goalkeeper Emma Barnes. Barnes is a strong keeper who saw a ton of action in goal last year. Concordia never really managed any signature wins, though they did beat two Class A schools, Omaha Bryan and Omaha Benson. Looking at their schedule, they have a tough open to the season, but should be able to find some wins at the middle and end of their schedule. We move out of the Omaha metro area to check in on the remaining schools. Garing finished 2-9 last season with their two wins coming over Douglas High School out of Wyoming and Holdridge. There were no stats available for the Bulldogs, but according to their roster, they graduated four of their 18 varsity roster players last year. Auburn finished 3-8 last season with wins over Omaha North, Crete, and Nebraska City. There was no stats or rosters available for Auburn's team on max preps. The Conestoga Cougars had a good season last year, finishing 8-7 overall. Unfortunately, they were also on the wrong end of some lopsided games against many of the teams that were competing for berths in the state tournament. Conestoga does return their two leading goal scorers, Jamison Yost and Ella Wilson, and their goalkeeper, Lindy Watson. The goalkeepers are the Cougars only graduated two players, so a running record should be expected again this season. They still have a bit of ways to go to bridge that gap to the state tournament, though. Hastings Girls Soccer finished 5-9 and nine last season. They played a mix of Class A and Class B teams during the year, a pretty challenging schedule. Hastings only graduated three of their players from last year's team and returns all of their honorable mention standouts, which include Nizel Espinoza-Nunez, Emma Consbrook, Esmeralda Guzman, and Mackenzie Long. They also return their goalkeeper Summer Parnell and their second-leading scorer Leah Krings. I don't think Hastings are going to transform overnight into contenders, but I would expect them to see one or two more markers in the win column this spring. The co-op of Lutheran and Norfolk Catholic girls finished 3-9 and nine last season with two of those wins coming at the expense of the winless Skyler. There were no updated stats for Lutheran Norfolk Catholic. They graduated five off their roster from last season. Last but not least, we go way, way out west and check on Scott's Bluff. The Bearcats finished 10-7 with three of their wins coming against Wyoming opposition. Their notable wins win came in a 3-1 victory over eventual state tournament-bound Lexington. There were no stats or roster updated for the Bearcats on max prep, so it's hard to say what they have coming back for next year. They did graduate three honorable mention players, and they're always a little bit of an unknown because their early schedule contains so many out-of-state teams. Remember, these previews were sponsored by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet Sports is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals, from people who are on their feet at work to those who go on leisurely walks to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln. For more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. And that is the Class B Boys and Girls Mega Huge Preview. That is also every single team previewed in the state of Nebraska Boys and Girls High School Soccer. I'm honestly tired of previewing games from paper stats and last year's results. Let's get the players on the field this week. Good luck to all players, coaches, and teams. 
I hope every I wish everyone the best of luck on their pursuit for a state tournament berth. 